living in the presence of God is a challenge. And we've been, we've been, we've been on, a, on a journey, this, this series of messages called the message of encounter. And we encounter something new nearly every day. We encounter challenges every day. We, enco- we encounter difficulty every day. We even encounter times when we can laugh and be joyful and enjoy the presence of our friends and the fellowship we have with the Father. But I want to I talk to you this morning about how we can live in the presence of God, how we can just encounter knowing Him in a personal way. And, and just let me just I have studied this week, and I prayed for messages. There's two messages laying in my Bible, but I'm just going to get away from the Bible this morning. Yet I'm going to stay with the Word because I, if I stand behind that, two, that pulpit this morning, there's two sets of notes. How many want me just to stick with one set? You're so kind. Dale Connor is the only one that lifted his hand that I saw. I want to talk to you for a few moments about the attributes of living in the presence of God. When we became born again, our spirit was transferred. The old sin nature was lifted out of our lives, and and the Holy Spirit came to dwell inside of our lives. And we became uh, the ownership of, of the Father God in heaven. We're his creation. He created us in his own image. It was his first breath that he breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. But as we follow the journey of life and we begin to see how we're so privileged as believers to live in America where we can still choose the place we want to worship so we can worship the Lord in our way, so we can pray in our own way, so we can have the liberty to enjoy the presence of God. I'd like to talk to you about the things that have come our way, the privileges we've had, we have in following the Lord. The first thing that I would like to address is the day that we became followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we did everything we could within our power to be a good follower. And and here's what Jesus even told his disciples. If any man wants to follow me, let him deny himself, which is a daily process, take up his cross and follow me. And Jesus said, if you'll just follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. How many know that's easier said than done? But when we accepted Jesus Christ, here's one attribute he gave. And he said, because I have forgiven you of your sins, I'm qualifying you so that you can forgive one another. Listen to me. You can't forgive each other if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You may try, but you have an adversary. He's going to remind you every day of why you shouldn't forgive somebody. And if unforgiveness is like a cancer, and the enemy knows this, and so he tries to feed your thought process, you don't have to forgive that person. That person started it. You don't have to be a part of it. Let them make the first move. And all the time we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is here to guide us into all truth. These are the attributes of a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the power to forgive. He gives us the ability to forget. Then he gives us the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do what his word says we can do. That's called living under the umbrella of a Christian. That's living under the umbrella of enjoying the encounters that the Lord has for us. Every day you're going to find somebody that doesn't agree with you. Everybody, and sometimes we don't even have to leave the house to do that, do we? That was funnier to the husbands than it was for the men. Sometimes we don't even have to, sometimes we don't have to make a move before we're encountered, do we? How many knows on the, uh, 
the, the moment the alarm clock goes off, you hear the enemy. <laughs> However, if you, don't hear, if you don't have to get up by the alarm, then let's move on to some other things. God has empowered us to live differently than the world lives. He's given us the ability. Does that mean we're all gonna, always going to be perfect, that we're always going to do it? No, but this is what helps us do it. David, the psalmist David gave us a prime example. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. So I want to read something with, to you today. And I want to, I'm going to come down to a point that I'm going to address. Because we, if you're not living there today, one day you'll hit this spot. And if you're there this morning, then I want to lend a helping hand to you. And this message isn't just for us, but it's so that we can be equipped to face a world that really knows really needs to know that Jesus Christ and the Christian life is about a relationship not about a religion do you know Jesus Christ is the only one that rose from the grave and his tomb is empty today do you know that's a reason we can serve him that's a reason we baptize in water because the death burial and resurrection is represented when we are baptized we're immersed in water representing the death we're raised in the likeness of Christ meaning we've been raised where the tomb is empty we walked away from the tomb of death held on the grave because we're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ but knowing Jesus Christ and living under the provision and knowing that he has uh, the ability to change us. He gives us the ability to love one another. How's that? Yes, have you ever felt, have you ever met a lot of people you just loved them at first sight? How many of you met somebody you still don't really love, but you're doing your best? I know I'm at the right place. Let me just read some things for, with you this morning. And I want you just to listen today because God is a forgiving God, and that's the reason I'm here. Every time I make a mistake, we're living, we're living in a day when never before has there been so many translations of God's Word. I mean, you can, you can read it in any terminology, in any, any language. You can, there are so many different versions of the Bible that it's, it's just strange. And I've got about 12 different versions in my bookcase, but I always reach for the one that's, that's coming apart at the seam. And, uh, and this one is starting to deteriorate, but it's still my favorite one. And I, wanna, I just want to get you to follow with me for about the next 10 or 15 minutes from Psalms 107. And as I read this, I want you to allow it to speak to your heart. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Thanksgiving will, will wake you up will allow you to realize that you're living in the divine providence of God if you'll start every morning with a, with a thanksgiving attitude. Oh, Lord, I just thank you that I'm still here. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Today, no matter what you're facing, the Lord has, has delivered you from the powers of darkness. No matter what you're facing today, whether it may be physically, spiritually, or financially, God has deliverance for every dilemma that we'll face, and it's all recorded in the Bible. Let's follow on as I read. Uh, number three, he said, Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered us out of the lands from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. And then watch. 
40 years of wandering in the desert when this was not God's plan. He had already spent 12 spies looking and spying in a promised land that he had provided, a land flowing with milk and honey. But they're out in the middle of nowhere wandering because they were unwilling to obey. Disobedience is one of the one of the biggest challenges that every Christian has because the enemy always wants to paint you a bad picture when God speaks to us. We're talking about how they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, even though they had manna from heaven, they had angel food cake every day along with quail, they still murmured and complained. Give me 10 days of that before I would start. You feed me, you feed me angel food cake and, and quail every day. While you look on, after 10 days, I'll start sharing part of it. For the first 10 days, I can eat that whole angel food cake every day. There's a certain lady that makes sure that I get an angel food cake every month. She has a husband that loves me most of the time, and when that cake gets here on, on the third Friday night, he cuts me a piece and he puts it up in a place where it's the hiding place. It's a secret place. The Bible talks about our secret place. There's a secret place in the kitchen at Elm Grove. And that's where this piece of cake goes. And he's so kind. He says, Pastor, it's right here. I committed the unpardonable sin last month, two months ago. I forgot the angel food cake. When we came back for the next rib dinner, and this precious friend opens that up, and he sings that angel food cake that the pastor forgot. I mean... It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I still see a picture that, for, uh, and, and I thought, I can always, already tell you how I cheated my body from that awesome piece of angel food cake. Well, in the, in the years that the children of Israel spent 40 years wandering in the desert, they had manna, which is angel food cake. One, one, one edition of the Bible calls it angel food cake. The others call it manna from heaven. But even after such, a, such an awesome place to, to, and the awesome food they had to eat, they, they, the Bible says they were still hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted, and they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Notice, in their disobedience, they cried out for, in, in their time of trouble. And notice what the last part of verse 6 says. And he delivered them out of their distress. And he... Let me ask you, how many times, how kind would you be if somebody, if almost two million people had disrespected you by saying, we can't, we can't enter the promised land. There's giants in the land. And, and it is a land flowing with milk and honey, but we're not going there. And that's what 10 out of the 12 representatives calls it, 12 tribes of Israel had to say. When they got to the end of, of the trail and life became the pits, they cried out in their distress. And verse 6 says, God delivered them. Verse 7, and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of it for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Why would, he, why would this be recorded in the scripture? They'd failed once. They'd cried out. He had forgiven them. But undoubtedly there was a shortage, shortage 
there was short change in the thanksgiving that they had because, again, the Bible's saying, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works of the children of men. Notice verse 9. He satisfies a longing soul and he fills a hungry soul with goodness. Listen, every Christian... All you have to do every day is say, Lord, I thank you for filling me. I thank you because your word is alive in me. I thank you that you've given me the ability. I can, I can fly with wings as eagles. I can run and not be weary. I can walk and not faint. How many know every day we have to have reminders? I've come to a place in life when, when the pressure's really on that uh, I get butterflies when I'm trying to process what I'm going to say, not when I'm preaching, but, but in times. And this morning I had to put my nose over in Joy's nose and say, what's the baby's name? <laughs> While I was thinking, I could remember Todd and Diana, and I could remember Carrie and Cutter, but I was really struggling, and she was just like the Holy Spirit. She didn't say, oh, do you know what the pastor just said? He don't even remember Jordy's name. I love you, Joy. But do you know we all have friends like that? Do you know we all have an enemy like that? He likes to highlight the mistakes we make. And you know, I found this in my own life. In serving the Lord, hurting people hurt other people. And it's that challenge that you and I have is to love because love covers multitudes of sins. And we prove today how f close we follow the Lord by, in all of our ways, he said, acknowledge me and I'll direct your path. How hard is it today in, in the life's journey when, when you face issues and when you face things that are beyond your reach and, and things just seem to be going south and life just becomes a pit? It's because of this that we know how to act. We may forget names, but we don't forget how to act because God has given us the ability so we can remind our, our, our spirit man, so we can remind the house that we live in that we are privileged people. We can encounter God every day, every step of the journey because he's always a present help in time of need. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Verse 10, those that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, bound in affliction, and irons because they rebelled against the word of God. How many know some people today, they've rebelled against the word of God. They, God is not a part of their life. The only time God is mentioned is when they use God's name in a swear word. Listen to me. Rebellion, the Bible says, is as a sin of witchcraft. And the enemy doesn't just work on sinners. He works on Christians. How many of us have heard something this week? And rebellion just... How many have listened to 30 minutes of Fox and you started talking to the television? We were rebelling against what we were hearing. Because they rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. And again, number two, he saved them out of distress. Isn't that an awesome friend? When time after time after time through the Bible, people fail, and God shows up. What's he do? He delivers them. 
Where were they? In distress. And God shows up when they cried out, Oh, God, you've got to help us. And, and here's what he did. Not only did he save them from the distress, verse 14 says, He brought them out of darkness and out of the shadow of death and broke the chains in pieces. Listen to me. God is not just a deliverer this morning. He wants to take your grave clothes off of you, and he wants to give you a robe of righteousness. He wants to take the filth out of your life and put in, in your life the joy that's unspeakable. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. And everything that you're facing this morning, he has an answer for in the Bible. And it's his word that forever stands. It never changes. It's still the same today as it was yesterday. And it'll be the same tomorrow. And listen, I'm going to, take, I'm going to skip uh, some more of the scriptures. No, I want, to, I want to move on down to 16. Not only, verse 14, not only did he bring them out of darkness and the shadow of death, broke their chains in pieces. And then verse 15, he says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. I'm looking for, the, I'm looking for my highlight. I know I have it. I have it. I have it out. I have it out. Outline. Yes, here they are. Then they continue. They continue on. They continue on. And, and then we move down to verse 27. They've been through the up and down. They've been on the yo-yo many years. They have been up and down, up and down, in and out, in and out, complaining and murmuring and uh, living a life of rebellion. They reel to and fro, verse 27, and they staggered like a drunken man. And they are at their wit's end. I want to talk to those in the building this morning. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe it just seemed like your road is on a dead end path. And the sign in front of you says dead end. And there's only one thing usually we have to do if we're going someplace, and that is to make a U-turn, to turn around. Because when it's, the sign says dead end, you're, not, you're, you're going nowhere in a hurry. You've gone as far as you can go that way. But even in the Bible, the Bible talks about people that came to their wit's end. The children of Israel, after spending 40 years in the wilderness, they came to their wit's end. But you know what? Living in the presence of God will do something for you. And I want to highlight two men that lived in the presence of God during 40 years of murmuring and complaining. There were two men out of the 12 tribes of Israel that realized every day they were living in the presence of God. One was Joshua. The other was Caleb. Do you think their clothes got dirty just like everybody else's? Did they have to go gather quail for the day and, and, and angel food cake to eat just like the rest of them? Yes, they did. Did they go through everything the others did because the others had rebelled? Yes, they did. They suffered just like the whole congregation did, the whole two million people. They, they went through everything they did. But I want to highlight one thing. The Bible says there was another spirit inside of these men that caused them to be different. I want to challenge our church family this morning. Never before have we heard such trash about one another on the TV screen. Never have we, never have we seen the anger and the frustration over power be exemplified with grown, educated people as we're seeing today. Listen to me. That, that spirit is contagious. Don't let it get inside of you. 
The Bible says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. And God wants you to know we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not like this world because there's another spirit that lives inside of us. And the Bible says, he will guide us in paths of righteousness for his great namesake. The psalmist David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Listen, the enemy would like to like to stalemate your life this morning with fear. Fear paralyzes many awesome people because they fail to realize, even in the Christian world, that the presence of God is surrounding them. It wants to invade their life. It wants to change the in, from the inside out. And yet they're lost in despair, and the enemy feeds them on fear. When all the time the Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And every day when fear knocks in on our knocks on our door and wants to invade our, our, our lives. Because we can live under the auspice of the Holy Spirit, we can say, Jesus, would you answer the door? And I'm telling you, you send Jesus to the door every time fear knocks, and fear will get to where it will pass you up until you forget. God hasn't given us a spirit. He don't want us to be fearful. Listen, we're where we're at because God has given us the ability. He's clothed us with the spirit of righteousness. He's gave us the ability to act like he acts. And he empowers our life every day to allow the Holy Spirit to give us strength as he guides us through the pathway of life. David said, you will show me the way of life. You will show me down the pathway of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And all the time, the enemy's want, wanting to rain on your parade. Every day, he wants you to, he wants to magnify your trials. He wants to magnify your situation. He wants to put fear into you because of your circumstances. But listen to me. God has given you a key to the kingdom. And whatever you need today, he's given you the key, which means authority. He wants you to know that you have the ability when there's fear knocking at your heart's door, you've got the key that opens the door of, 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 of the Bible, and, and you can go to the scripture where God has not given me the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He's given you the key that you can open the door to the word and you can be fed daily on the word at the darkest time of your night the word is can be a lamp under your feet and a light to the pathway you have the keys in your hand and God has given us the ability to use them in order to live a life of victory and God wants you to know that you are more than conquerors because of the price that he paid. In Psalms 107, verse 19 and 20, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. And notice what he did. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. You know all he wants in exchange is to hear you say, Thank you, Jesus. He's not looking at your pocketbook this morning. He's, he's not looking at anything besides our heart. And he wants us to develop an attitude of gratitude. And this church family has an attitude of gratitude. But you walk out that door, you're, before you get to the place where you're going to eat, you're going to find somebody that's really ungrateful. In fact, if you cut them off, they'll express themselves to you. We live in such a modest world today. But listen... Jesus says, be of good cheer. I've overcome it all. Don't let it affect you. Don't let it contaminate you. Don't let it pull you from the presence of God. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In the presence of God, there's not only all of these attributes, but I can tell you, you can be sheltered in the arms of God. 
the Word of God. Jared has challenges. He's give, he, every, every so often he gives us a new, new challenge so that we can stay in the Word of God, so we can study it, and so we can, we can apply it to our heart. But listen, the Word of God is a miracle book. It's the only book that's ever been written that can transform the, man, the lives of men. And I can tell you something. We've got some politicians that need to spend more time in the Word than they do in front of the television screen. And I'm telling you, you talk about blind people today in this world, and they're not all in Washington. I know you're telling me that. You're, they're not all in Washington. I know that. But I, I can also tell you the Bible says something that grips my life. And, and when you, you read the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and, and it gives you a, a new nature that we, we have available because we're followers of the Lord. It gives us a new vocabulary. There's not another book in the in the world that will do for you what the Bible will do. And yet the enemy is so sly with busy schedules and with things to do that he, he allows us to be so busy that it's only an optional thing in our life. But I can say this, he wants it to be a priority in all of our lives. And the authority of God's word gives us the authority as a believer to live in victory in a world that's filled with disaster never before have we saw what's going on in our world today and all of this I'm challenging you this, this morning no matter where you're at in the journey of life no matter what you're facing God has the answer and the thing that he wants all of us to do including the pastor is be still be still just be still Pastor, what can he accomplish if I'm just being still? He'll talk to you if you'll be still. He'll just be still. He gives directions when we are still. He gives us wisdom when we're still. He allows us to meditate on the word of God when we're still. And in the stillness of the night, many times is when he speaks to us. In the stillness of life is when he wants to put his arms around us when we've been crushed, when we've gone through what seems like a funeral, a death in the family, we wake up in the middle of the night and we're praying, Lord, let this just be a bad dream. And we wake up and it's reality. It's the stillness of the night that he allow, we allow him to put his arms around us and love us and comfort and strengthen us. And he allows us to know that he'll work things out for good if we'll just love him. He wants us in our quiet times to be able to say, thank you, Jesus. It's no surprise that you're, I'm where I'm at today, Lord. It's no surprise by what I've done. It's no surprise today, but I want to tell you, I need you worse than I've ever needed you, Lord. Not only to be Lord of my life, but I want you to be Savior. I want you to take my life, and I want you to do with it what you want to do. I want you to stand this morning. Everybody's standing. It's still about 10 minutes till 12. And before we leave this morning, I, I want to I do something that I've never did before. I want, I want us just to bow our head today right where we're at. And in the stillness of the next few moments, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you. I want you to allow him to say 
what he needs to say to you today. I want you to, I want you just to give him your undivided attention for a couple of moments. And as we give him time to talk to us, and I know that he's speaking. Maybe you're at your crossroads of life. Maybe there's a decision that you're need, needing to make. Maybe it's a situation in your life that only you and God know about. But you know that God has the answer. You know he is the answer. And you're allowing this moment to let him speak to your heart concerning where you're at this morning. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let me ask you this question. How many would say by an uplifted hand, God's speaking to me, the pastor. He's, he's talking to me this morning. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He speaks to all of us. Look at Jesus. Sufficient for me, and deep is the fountain that's wide as the sea. There's room at the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, there's room Thank you, at Jesus. the cross. His heads are continuing to be bowed. How many are here this morning? You're needing, needing to make a decision. And you'd say by an uplifted hand, Pastor, I'm, I'm needing to make a decision. I'm not sure what decision, that, how it's going to turn out, but I know I need to make a definite decision about something that I'm facing in life. Can I see your hand just a moment? God bless you. God bless you. And have turned from their old life the Lord is speaking today. Still and the reason he is is because he cares where we're at. He knows the longing desire of our heart. And I'll leave this scripture with you this morning. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. So as Jared comes this morning to close the service, I want you to just keep your head bowed for a moment. And I want to ask you my final question today. When the Lord gives you direction concerning the decision, maybe the challenge in your life, maybe the things he's encouraging you to do, and it's a big hurdle for you. You just don't know. You know what's right and what's wrong. It's just a big hurdle, and you're not, you're not sure you can cross that hurdle today. Let me assure you, God wants to help you cross that hurdle. He wants to give you strength in knowing that you can cross that hurdle with victory in your life. I ask this question today as Jared comes. Will you submit yourself to the leadership of the Holy Spirit? 
Will you, with God's help, allow him to override a spirit of rebellion that says, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do that. What if? Listen, when God speaks to us, we know the voice of God. As born-again believers, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, not one person in this building but what you've heard the voice of God. You heard it today. You gave your heart to Jesus. But he's helping some people this morning. You're the dead-end street. You're, 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 you're in an area of life you're just really questioning What's my next move? What should I do? My encouragement to you is, as the children of Israel did, cry out to God. Don't become distressed. Cry out to God. Never did he ever turn his back on the children of Israel during their time of rebellion. Many died without receiving the promise of the Father, but he never turned his back on the situation. And he will not turn his back on you. God bless you today. Jared, if you come, close the service today. And deep is the fountain that's wide as the sea. I'm going to ask Calvin and Cindy and Craig and Linda, if you guys would, would you guys just come to the front? morning as we dismiss you might be here and you're just in need of special prayer Maybe it's just you want someone to believe with you for healing in your body or want someone to believe with you for a situation going on at your job site or in your family or in your finances well, that's why we're here we'd like to team up with you today and join with you today and pray over you so if you're in need any prayer for any reason whatsoever as we dismiss ask you as people are making their way out if you'd make your way up and make your way forward and we'd join with you in prayer today for your needs father we love you today god we thank you for your many blessings god we thank you for this opportunity we've had to be under your word god to be under your authority god to to rightly divide your word in our life and father i pray that as we go about our way through the remainder of today and through the beginning of our week. God, that we will be still. God, that we'll be still each and every day. And we'll allow you to speak directly into our heart and directly into our life and we'll not crowd it with distraction and noise. And God, we'll be able to clearly and, and uh, very, uh, God, very finely uh, understand that you are speaking into our life. And so, Father, I pray for each and every family, each and every individual here this morning. God, go with us and lead us, guide us and direct us in all that we do. And God will give you praise and glory for it all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.